If you don't struggle with it, someone you know does. It affects men, women, children, people of all backgrounds and ages. Up next, we're going to be talking with an expert about pornography. Stay with us. everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. We are your co-hosts, Sam Guzman and John Heinen. If this is your first time listening, please click that subscribe button or maybe at the end if you like it. Hopefully you'll like it. Um, if you have listened to us a few times, uh, we'd love it if you wrote us a review on Apple. Uh, if you're on YouTube, definitely click that bell button so you get notified each time these come out um, and are premiered. Again, we're grateful for you being here. I want to take a moment and thank all of our donors, our donors that make this possible. So if you're one of our donors, we're so grateful to you. You are in our prayers all the time. And if you are discerning a place to donate, we'd love for you to consider the Catholic Gentleman. Head over to patreon.com slash Catholic Gentleman. We know that uh, finances are tough these days, and so we're not asking for hundreds of dollars a month or anything like that, but $5 a month, $10 a month, these things go a long way for us to reach more men and to help transform the lives of men to something much better. So I am really excited, pleased to introduce a close friend of mine, Jim O'Day, on our show today. A little bit about Jim. He is a man that has been fighting the scourge of pornography that is affecting the lives of men, women, and the church. He's been doing that for many years. He is the executive director of an organization called Integrity Restored, which is dedicated to educating, training, and providing resources to break free from pornography as well as healing relationships. I could say a lot more about Integrity Restored, and hopefully we'll get to that in this episode. Prior to his work on Integrity Restored, he's been a senior executive with over 25 years of experience in development, management, sales, marketing, and relationship development. He's married with children, and when he's not coaching men and women, he might be found teaching self-defense as a jujitsu instructor. He's a man of many talents. And so, Jim, we're just so grateful that you could join us. It's been a long time coming. How are you doing? Hey, brother, I'm so happy to be here, John, as I told you. Uh, you and I have been friends for a long time. Sam and I have become friends. So this is just a great opportunity for three guys to get together and talk about something real. Absolutely. And and I couldn't say that. I couldn't agree more. In fact, in the show notes for everybody listening, I'm going to be dropping Jim's podcast here, which both Sam and myself have been separate guests on at one time or another. Jim's been doing that for a couple of years now. And it's it's really great. It's usually under 25 minutes. So it's real easy to listen to. So Anyways, we're going to talk today about uh, pornography, and we know that pornography affects the lives of, of women directly and men directly. We're going to focus primarily on, on the masculine aspect of this, as the Catholic Gentleman podcast is. We don't want to um, shy away from the truth and, and from, the, uh, um, from the difficulties and just the um, the problem that this is affecting everybody, though. So, Jim, let's start and talk about the this sort of David and Goliath, you know, issue within the um, uh, today, within modern society today, within uh, pornography. I know that just to set the stage, I think a lot of people don't realize how incredibly vast, how um, how much money is is involved in this. And so, if you would like to just start there, and we can kind of set the stage uh, regarding. Again, just just the the 
depths and a you know reach of this wickedness that that we're all um, in some way, shape, or form affected by. So I'm going to start off with a statement that I've been told is very bold. Mm. Until you stop to think about it. If you yourself are not struggling with pornography, you absolutely know and love someone who is. Period. If that doesn't tell you how big a problem this is, this is a problem in our families, with our spouses, with our siblings, with our children. This is a problem in our parishes. This is a problem in our communities, in our workplaces. You know, the porn industry regularly gets about 40 million unique adult visitors. And they make $1.1 billion a year. Mm -hmm. That's billion with a B. When 90% of the content viewed is free. So they're making $1.1 billion on selling 10% of their content. And that content tends to be really the hard stuff. Yeah. Everybody, and it doesn't matter, young, old, uh, believer, atheist, Jew, doesn't matter. You're struggling with pornography today because of the world we live in. We live in a world where it is so easy to find pornography. When I was growing up, if you found a Playboy magazine in the trash, that was a big deal. Yeah. And ladies, and, and guys, this is the Catholic Gentleman Show. Guys, let's be real. That was only boobs. Yeah. Right? Now you have right in your pocket at all times the roughest, violent, most hardcore pornography that anybody could ever imagine. And it's triple A. Affordable, anonymous, and accessible. Yeah. I mean, I just want to add to that, Jim. I, I agree so much on every layer that you stated. I've talked to really close uh, Catholic men that are, are daily rosary players praying, right? There's there's they're struggling the good fight and they themselves are addicted to pornography. Um, uh, Pornhub announced statistics uh, not too long ago that they reach 115 million site hits a day. That's just one website a day, which basically means by the time you've done listening to this episode, they've received received a few million site hits um, within that that period of time. I mean, that that's the magnitude of with, just one site in, in, with, in the with death. With 40 million unique visitors. Yeah. Every, every yeah. day. 40 million day. unique visitors. Yeah. And I mean, it's everywhere, guys. And, and, and we don't want to talk about it. And there's a lot of shame and guilt uh, around this topic. But we need to stop that. Yeah. If we really want to help each other, if we really want to help the church and our families, we got to take this out of the darkness and bring light to it. The light yeah. of healing. Yeah, so true. You know, one of the interesting things, John, is um, the American Association of uh, Addiction Medicine has finally recognized that what happens with dopamine in our brain. Mm. And and how it 
whether it's gambling or pornography or alcohol or opioids, that dopamine is creating this constant desire for that little hit. But what happens with dopamine is then it drops off. And God did that for a specific reason. He gave us those reward pathways so that we would eat, so that we would drink, we would find shelter, we would procreate. But he didn't let it last because we need to do it again. With pornography, that becomes a never-ending chase. Because you're just looking for something new, something more all the time. Your brain starts to shut down the dopamine receptors. So you need more or more violent or more time. We got to start talking about this, not as a moral failing, but as the addiction that it is. In our church, John, if somebody comes up to you after mass, I'm struggling with alcohol. Man, we have people jumping over the pews. Let's get them into AA. Let's get them into help. Or drug addiction, the same thing. But if that same person, man or woman, increasingly today, comes up and says, hey, I'm addicted to pornography, everybody puts their head down and walks away. We got to stop so true. And the lie that uh, Satan's been able to tell that, I mean, and we've heard so much, oh, it's normal. Oh, it's healthy. Oh, it's not addictive. Right. I mean, we've all heard that. And you're you're hitting on uh, hitting on those issues right now, which we science has proven that it's addictive. And and those lies we've just told ourselves to either justify or to not have to worry about that conversation or getting involved in it um, is needs to be brought out into the light, needs to be uh, spoken of more um, more frequently within our our friendships well yeah absolutely i mean there's nothing wrong uh so so i give men's talks all the time all over the country and i talk about when i was in the corporate world and i was traveling all the time for business and um i had a family right i had kids and a wife and i love them but i really looked forward to those business trips because in the hotel they had porn on the tv mm-hmm. It wasn't that I looked forward to the business trip to see my customers or go out to dinner or be in a new city. No, it was because they had porn in the room. Now, I never said that to anybody, and I wish I did, because maybe somebody would have helped me a lot earlier. Um, But we're living with this in secret, and we shouldn't be. God made us sexual beings for a very good reason. And God invented sex. He knows everything that our brain thinks about and our body feels. He knows it. He made it. What pornography does is warp all that. And so we're willing in our foolishness to take the littlest bit instead of going for the real pleasure that God wants. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so... so like we were talking about how it's an, an addiction, a genuine addiction that science is only starting. It's just the science is slowly catching up. Like it, it hasn't been yeah. as aware of this fact as, as there's been some denial, I think on some of the part of some of the researchers, yeah. um, but, but they're discovering that, that what they call process addictions are real. They're not chemical like, like methamphetamines or some other, uh, drugs that are are very much um, mess with the the 
uh, chemistry of your brain and keep you coming back. Um, but pornography is is just as real an addiction. I and mean, I think they've they've done brain scans where they show the areas of your brain that light up with like alcohol and things like that still light up with with pornography addiction. There's very much a similar response neurologically. Um, but what would you say to someone who says, okay, so this is a genuine addiction. Awesome. Like I don't have any responsibility now. Like, you know, like, I, like I can't help it. So, you know, it's not my fault that I keep going back and I don't know what my wife's so upset about or whatever, you know, like I can't help this. What would you say to somebody who's, who's kind of taking that approach? To- so Sam, how many huge questions do you want to throw? <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. So, so, so first of all, let's talk just really quickly about the science of it, because I am so excited with what's coming out now. The studies are absolutely showing the addictive nature. And, and I think one of the challenges for the scientific community, and it's beautiful because I can say this, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist, a, a psychiatrist, I'm not a scientist, I'm a regular guy. They don't know what to do with it because they've said for so long that porn and masturbation are good. So they're backed into a corner there a little bit, even though they're seeing the data that says, no, this is not healthy. And because it's a process addiction like gambling or online shopping, they they really struggle with that too. It's so much easier to point to an external chemical as opposed to an internal chemical, that dopamine I talked about. And that dopamine is really, really powerful in creating behaviors for us. And they don't know what to do about that, but they're starting to. So that's the good news on that front. Yeah. Um, when, when people are in denial or, or even admitting that they have an addiction and then don't want to accept the responsibility for their recovery, I say one thing, when is enough? You have to decide when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I guarantee you the path you're on is going to get worse and worse and worse, right? It may, the the pain of it may not be so much in the beginning, but something's going to happen in your life that in your relationships, in your job, in your faith life, in your community, it's going to take a dive because of of this addiction, because of this struggle you have. So with all addictions, unfortunately, most people have to hit rock bottom before they start getting the help they need. Uh, I wish that wasn't true, Um, but unfortunately, it seems to be. When a man says to me, why is my wife so upset? That's the one thing that gets my blood pressure going. You see, your wife married you to be her knight in shining armor. She'll never say that to you. She doesn't even know how to vocalize that. But that's how God built our beautiful women. To desire that, to want that. And... I'm sorry, gents. If you're addicted to porn and masturbating all the time, you are not her knight in shining armor. 
And so your wife is suffering from something called betrayal trauma. And it manifests itself just like PTSD. And unfortunately, because of the, the military actions we've had for decades in this country, we have so much information about PTSD and what it actually does, not only to the brain, to the emotions, to the psychology, but physiologically to the body, spiritually, in your faith life, so that now we know what these women are struggling with silently, because these ladies will never throw you under the bus. They don't even want to talk to their mom about their husband being a porn addict. Mm. She's truly suffering alone. Yeah, and that is definitely not loving your wife as Christ loves the church. And and I think that's such a good point. Actually, let's let's talk a little bit more about about marriage and the effects uh, that porn has on marriage. And you know, you brought up that study, or you brought up these studies that have come out. And I remember reading years ago, over a decade ago, about that one study where they had the um, kind of the brain sensors set up so they could see what was happening in the neural pathways within man, men and then they were showing them images of of modestly dressed women or all all of them with their head cut off right i think all the women had their head um you know it was just zoomed in on on their neck down and those that were modestly dressed men were able to identify the exact same thing as seeing a human person but those that were sexualized through a bikini or something along those lines uh that part of their brain didn't even light up right the part of the brain that did light up was that which was tools that which was objects and we see you know john paul ii's uh, famous statement that he said you know a person's rightful due is to be treated as an object of love not as an object for use and and we see that and so um one final thing that i like to talk about is custody of the eyes men who are married who aren't struggling with porn addiction know that they still have to control the TV they watch, the the billboards they looked at. Uh, you know, this is a, a very real reality for for us married men today. Is that is that the lust of the eyes doesn't disappear just when you realize that this is this is the real situation that that we're in. And so we have to learn to control those. And I will say that when I'm actively practicing that, which I do all the time the beauty of my wife just becomes more and more desirable, more and more, you know, a, a part of the very reality of our, of our marriage together and, and loving her with my whole heart and loving her um, in her own unique dignity is, is all the easier and all the more enjoyable and all the more beautiful. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit about um, marriages and, and how, how it's breaking apart marriages and uh, today, as we've got a lot of listeners who are married men. Well, I mean, the first thing uh, pornography does uh, in a marriage is it creates unrealistic sexual expectations. Uh, a lot of the things you see in pornography, um, we have to remember, it's all an act, right? The woman is not enjoying that. Yeah, she's making all the right noises and all the right faces. She's not enjoying that, gentlemen. And, and our brain starts to think, well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what it means to have a good sex life. That's a mistake. That's number one. Number two, um, one of the biggest problems I see with consistent pornography use in marriages is isolation. The more you use porn, the more you want to use porn. So you don't have time for your real, I call it IRL, your in real life 
relationships because they're taking away from your alone time with your pornography, with your addiction, right? You need that next hit of dopamine. So you have, honey, I'm busy. I'll be in my office. Close the door, lock the door. Um, Daddy, can we play catch? Nope, can't do it. I'm very busy. Daddy's busy. Hear it all the time. The more porn you view, the more isolated you become from your family, from your coworkers, from your friends, from faith, from everything. It just starts to pull you out into this darkness. Uh, and then, and then number three, and here's something guys hate to hear, but it will happen. Porn induced erectile dysfunction. Mm, yeah. I'm hearing it more and more younger and younger right? Erectile dysfunction used to be something for the 60, 65 and over crowd, right? When you reach a certain age as a man, stuff starts to change in your body. Your testosterone levels drop, uh, other certain uh, chemicals drop. You have maybe problems with circulation. That's kind of normal. It's not normal for a 25, a 30-year-old guy to have erectile dysfunction. But the way our brain works, when you're constantly overloading it, and when you're constantly masturbating, you will eventually deal with porn-induced erectile dysfunction. And it has two forms, one where it doesn't work at all, and one where it only doesn't work in IRL, again, in, in real life. Having an intimate encounter with your wife becomes impossible. The only way you can perform is alone by yourself in front of a screen. How sad is that? Yeah. Wow. I appreciate that. That's, yeah, some good depths on the physical and the emotional um, uh, effects that it has on, on your marriage. Yeah, and so, so there definitely has real impacts on our relationship with our spouse, even with our children, um, with other women that we encounter. But I'd like to hear you talk a little bit, too, about the relationship with ourselves and with God, like the, because we do relate to ourselves. How many times have you had a little voice going in your head that's like beating you up over something or reminding you of something or like we have a little inner dialogue with ourselves. And basically, I, I people I've talked to, even from my own experience, like pornography wounds your relationship with yourself, but then ultimately it, it also ruins your relationship with God. So I'd like to hear you talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, that's a great question, Sam. So here at Integrity Restored, we, we take what we call a three-pillared approach uh, to recovery. The first is the science, right? So people talking to somebody like you, getting the good therapy um, to help start that recovery journey. The second pillar, just as important, is the spiritual life. And what we talk about is an increase in the spiritual life frequent reception of the sacraments, and finding a spiritual director. And then the third pillar is community and accountability, because none of us can do this alone. So when you're talking about the spiritual life and what happens to somebody who's using porn, almost 100% of the time, when you are addicted to pornography, you start to have what we call the five faulty addicts beliefs, and, and, and the first one is that if anybody knew me, they couldn't love me. Mm. Shame. 
You know? Now think about that, guys who are listening, who are watching. If anybody knew me, they couldn't love me. How isolating is that? How lonely is that? How debilitating is that? But millions and millions of our men are walking around that way. So if anybody knew me, they couldn't love me. The only thing I can rely on to give me pleasure is pornography. That's the second one. They've given up on all the other things in life that brought them happiness. Going for a picnic with their wife or getting ice cream with their kids or going to a ball game with their buddies. None of that brings them joy anymore because they, they've shut down so many dopamine receptors. And then the third one answers your question specifically about the faith. I can't even rely on God to love me or care for me. I'm alone in this. Because if God really looks at who I am, I'm so disgusting. I'm so filthy. I'm such a sinner. I'm so broken. And I have prayed and I have begged him to take this away from me. And he hasn't done it. So he must not care. And what a horrible place to be in our faith journey that we'll allow that lie to get into our head that God doesn't love us, that God doesn't care about us, and that God can't heal us because he can. He just wants us to cooperate with that. What, what, are, the, what are the last two, four and five? Um, so, so four and five is nothing will ever change. This okay. is just going to be the rest, the rest of my life. And, and then the fifth one uh, is kind of that lie where you start to, I can't remember the exact words, but this is good for me. Ah, yes, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. And, and that's, it's such a crazy denial. Um, I've even heard that from people who've, you know, uh, taken the, 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 the porn used to the next level where they're acting out and spending money uh, on, on buying pornography or, or cam girls or, or going to prostitutes and like lost homes and everything. And they'll still say, but Jim, this, this is the only thing that brings me happiness. Well, you're not happy. You're absolutely miserable. That's right. What are you talking about? It's really uh, funny how the brain will lie to us. It's so true. And, that's sorry. And I don't want to moralize this, but that's the, I just find that super close parallel to, to sin, right? And the depths of sin, when we stay away from confession, and I've talked to people who haven't been to confession for uh, three, four years, and I'm talking to them like, well, what are your sins? And, they, you know, they like can't think of their sins right there. They don't, I mean, uh, it's, it's just like, oh, I mean, they've got, they've been able to justify and think that this is just reality and that God is all loving and all forgiving. And, and he forgives me, even if I don't really understand that. And, and, and what he, a, he is. yeah, of course he is. Yeah, exactly. But we have to, we have to seek that. You know, he, with wants a us, heart. he wants us to cooperate with it. That's right. And when it comes to pornography addiction, you can't do it alone. First thing you got to do is admit you have a problem. Just admit it. And whether that admission is to a priest or to a, a brother or a friend, admit it. That's the first step. I have a problem. I can't do this. The second thing is reach out for professional help. 
You have to, because you got to get to the root causes of the addiction. Oftentimes, porn is the symptom of something else going on that needs healing. And God wants you to get that help. That's why he invented psychiatry and psychology. And he's made these incredible people, counselors and therapists who want to work with you and bring you to healing. Get yourself to confession. Get a spiritual director. Talk regularly to your priest. There's a huge spiritual component to this recovery journey. And then finally, be accountable. Find an accountability partner. Get yourself in a group. Um, there's so many things we could do, but that first step is often the hardest, and that's admitting that we have a problem. So true. Yeah, you know, I want to talk just about custody of the eyes for a second. Okay, Sam, great. You brought that up, and it just popped into my head. So, you know, I, 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 I was born and raised Catholic. Then I come back, uh, have this incredible reversion, if you will, beautiful experience, and I'm just on fire for the Lord. And you know, you're going up for communion on Sunday and you're so pious and you are so happy and you are so excited that Jesus is going to come into me. And you're momentarily distracted by some woman in a tight skirt walking in front of you. What a butt. Just like that. That's how our brains work. So custody eyes is important. But here's the thing. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up about it. So many guys, oh, my God, I just committed a mortal sin. No, you didn't. What you do with that indicates whether or not you committed a sin. That's right. So what have I learned to do? I look because God made me that way. And then I pray for that woman. Just in my mind for a moment, Lord, I don't know what she needs but you do. I thank you for making this incredibly beautiful woman, your daughter. I, I offer this prayer now for, for her, for whatever she needs. Boom, gone. The lust is taken completely out of it. And a priest, when I talked to him about that one time, he said to me something very, very astute, in my opinion. He said, Jim, that's incredible. You may be the only person praying for that woman. You don't know. And God does hear those prayers, gentlemen. So when you see a beautiful woman, instead of letting it go on the normal path, recognize her beauty for what it is and say a prayer for her. You could be the only person praying for her. I love that because it gets back to that, what we were talking about, how pornography removes the personhood of that individual. And it, it, reminds you of that when you're kind of reorienting yourself to praying for them it reminds you that they're a soul and they they absolutely um they're a human being and they need someone to pray for them and take an interest in them uh, by the way just as we do right yeah. uh, i i i i know that people are praying for me and i thank god for them i don't even know who all of them are but i mean where would i be without that i can't imagine I still have enough problems and sins and mistakes and everything else, but people are praying for me. And we should be doing that for each other, particularly around this struggle as men. We should be praying for our brothers um, because doing that actually helps us as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm wondering if you could say a little more about the idea that, that there's always something more going on more than just porn. Like, cause I think a lot of people's mindset might be, well, um, it feels good. So that's why I do it. But, but as you were hinting at, like there's often more beneath the surface that people are facing and struggling with. And more if you could say a little more about that um, and what your experience has been with that. Yeah, um, one of the things I found, and, and, and Sam, I actually do want to have you back on my podcast uh, uh, about this. Maybe we'll have you join too, John. Um, we're, in an, we're in a society now where the average age of exposure to pornography is between 8 and 10 years old. Um, so we're, we're raising up a generation of children who have been hypersexualized, completely pornified by the time they're at the age even to be sexually active or married, their brains have been completely distorted. And, and one of the things I have found uh, more and more is that porn is an absolute self-soothing tool for most people to deal with anything bad in their life. We talk about here at Integrity Restored, the blasted effect, uh, B-L-A-S-T-D, bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, tired, and depressed. When we emotionally feel those things, we don't want to. As human beings, we don't like being uncomfortable at all in any way. We hate it. So we look for something to take that away. And far too many people today, Sam, are using pornography as that self-soothing tool, as that drug of choice. Um, to take away any bad feelings, any stress, any anxiety, any boredom, any loneliness, the list goes on. Here's the problem. As human beings, at different points in our life, uh, in any given month, any given week, any given day, we're going to feel one or more of those things. So if we don't have another way, another tool in the toolbox, uh, to deal with that. And the only thing we know is that porn soothes me. The addiction is going to continue to ratchet up. Yeah. So Jim, I'd like to take a moment and I'd like to take a step back and talk about those three pillars of healing or recovery that you were mentioning and bring them up again, because we kind of just zipped right past them, but it's something Sam and I have had a lot of conversations about, right? We often see a, um, a strictly secular approach, you know, that's based off science. And, and there is a great group, right? Fight the new drug. And they really push this, this, this program a lot, but it, it lacks the spiritual, it lacks the sacramental. It, it lacks that. And gosh, that is such a huge thing to lack and, and not have, especially as devout Catholic men that understand truth, that understand the importance of God's involvement in our own life. And, and, um, and so, but then at the same time, we see the other extreme of that too, which is just kind of the, the spiritual, say, white knuckling approach, or we're just going to pray the rosary every single day. And, and this is going to solve, um, solve that problem. And, and, and I didn't, I know because of our previous conversations that it doesn't come up within um, you. And I think there's a lot of men who, who are listening, who are struggling with this and maybe um, have, have tried one or, or the other and, and not found that um, that deliverance from this uh, bondage um, from this uh, this um, 
you know, yeah, problem in their lives. And so could we go back and, and you mentioned those three uh, um, pillars and talk about kind of the importance of that, that unity among them. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Sure. You know, it, it, to me, it's quite simple. Um, God made us body, mind, soul, right? And so if you want to recover, you need to be working on all those areas of your health. And so at Integrity Restored, the three pillars, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk about them. The first pillar is the scientific therapy and counseling. And that is really, really important in this addiction recovery, because as you're recovering from this, you're going to absolutely uncover other things, other traumas, other wounds that you didn't maybe even realize you've had. You've had them so suppressed. So you're going to need that strong science, that professional to help you on this journey. Hmm. The second pillar, the spiritual pillar, is a real gift because to me, it's the thing that is the turbo button, the boost button uh, for your recovery. And that's an increase in your spiritual life, frequent reception of the sacraments and spiritual direction. And you want your spiritual di director to be aware of your counseling sessions and you want your counselor to be aware of your spiritual director. And if you find ones that are willing to work with each other and you give them permission to do so, that's beautiful. And then the third is community and accountability, that relationship piece. God tells us right in scripture, it is not good for man to be alone. It, that's not just about marriage. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he sent them out two by two. Time and time again in the history of our faith, we've seen when we try and do just think of your own life. Our plans are never God's plans. And I think he laughs at them. But when we try and just go ahead and do something on our own, it doesn't usually work out that well. So you need that support system. Here's the interesting thing. I've been doing this now for seven years here at Integrity Restored. Most of the time, the people who now reach out to us have tried other things. Most of them, since we are a Catholic ministry, um, have tried to pray it away. And you cannot pray this away. There are miraculous cases where men have prayed or women have prayed, and it's been lifted just like that. But it's very rare because, again, God wants our cooperation in these miracles. So most of them have done that. And then their faith is damaged, John, because they say, I've prayed and prayed, and a priest told me to do 12 rosaries a week and four hours of adoration, and I did it, and I still use porn. Because you didn't get the scientific help you needed. So you can't just pray it away. With programs like Fight the New Drug, God bless them, and, th and there's a bunch of other ones out there, uh, scientific, solid, great stuff. But when you don't incorporate the Catholic faith, the treasure that we have, the sacraments, reconciliation, most importantly, and, and the Eucharist, um, those are so strengthening. Mm. 
to us in this recovery journey that I feel sorry for our Christian brothers and sisters that don't have that. Me too. And then, and then finally, I really feel like men, uh, I, that third pillar, that, that community and accountability, we got to start talking to each other about this with no embarrassment, with no judgment, with no shame. Because if you yourself are not struggling, you absolutely know and love someone who is. It's that simple. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great call to action there for men. I'm curious, um, this sounds like a great plan and, and you'd think, well, every Catholic man should be doing this, right? But we started with pornography, but, but we know there's a lot of resistance to taking that step, which we talked about a little bit earlier. I'm wondering, in your experience working with men, like what have men primarily been, what, what holds them back? And what would you say to a man who's saying, like on the fence about getting help in this area of his life? Three things come up most commonly, Sam. One, um, they don't think they can ever stop. They've tried all this little stuff on their own and, and, they, and they've tried to white knuckle it because guys... I mean, you know how we are. I'm strong enough. I can do this. You can't. I'll be honest with you. You can't. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't think they can ever stop. They think it's hopeless. And that's why sharing with each other as brothers is so important. Because we can be that hope. Like, hey, I struggled. I got over it. I did the work. I can do it. There's this program, Integrity Restored. There's this stuff, Covenant Eyes. There's, we can give them hope and ideas. So the first is they don't think that they can ever stop. The second is shame and guilt, mm -hmm. right? They're so embarrassed about this problem. And what pornography does, even though we know a lot of guys look at it, we don't think that anybody looks at it the way we do to the amount we do, the frequency or the type. It's that isolation factor where the devil can really come in when we're all alone and in despair and in discouragement and just tear us down and beat us up. And, and that guilt and shame is so strong um, that they don't want anybody to know that they're struggling this way. Yeah. That, 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 that idea that like, I'm a good Catholic, like if, that's my image. You know, like I go to the coffee and donuts after mass, like I'm a good Catholic. I want everyone to know that. And like, and then if, if they knew, like, what would that do to have their perception of me um, as a Catholic husband or father or whatever, you know, an usher, you know, uh, so yeah. Like, so well, with, with, with God's help, guys like you, uh, Catholic gentlemen, integrity restored programs like this hopefully everybody would say he's a good catholic he's struggling with an addiction but he's a good catholic you see it's not mutually exclusive you can be a good catholic and be struggling with addiction and let's take porn off the table mm. there's not a single one of us walking the earth today who is without sin every day of our life mm -hmm. until we get to heaven. 
no matter how good a Catholic you are. When I think back to Pope John Paul II going to confession every day, he's a saint. What about me? I need a priest sitting right here constantly (laughs) just to spin around. Hey, put on the stole, man. (laughs) I mean, come on, people. That's not being a good Catholic or a bad Catholic. That's being a real Catholic and fighting the good fight. I like that. So, Jim, I like that. And I, I want to ask you just a little bit about this um, relational aspect between brothers uh, that are struggling with this. So maybe you're not one that's struggling with this, but you know somebody or you, you're not aware and somebody brings it up to you. What are some don'ts that we need to be aware of uh, that we might naturally go towards? Right. Like, because I could see myself you're, you're failing to give hope and you're failing to to guide um, because you might just feel uncomfortable about the conversation, not want to have it, or, you know, just kind of um, tell them to white knuckle it more or less like, you know, well, if you were, if you were stronger, that sort of thing. So what are some things that you would encourage that you've seen? um, And maybe just to, just to train the, the support um, uh, for these men that are are looking for healing. Uh, The the first thing I would say is we got to start talking about it more. So me being on this show, what a blessing, right? Yeah because a lot of people are gonna hear about this now. Hopefully they start doing some research, go to Integrity Restored website, other websites, start to learn what is this all about so that we can talk about it intelligently and with a common language, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is not something that we're taught to talk about as young guys. Um, The second thing is no judgments, gentlemen, right? We all struggle with something in our life. So take the moral failing part out of it. This is an addiction. An addiction is a brain disorder. Hear that again. An addiction is a brain disorder. Your brother needs help. Take the moral failing piece out of it. Because I guarantee you, our Lord has. Once your brother became addicted to the substance, to the behavior, God's looking at him with so much mercy. He wants him healed. He wants to help him. That's what you should want too. So um, recognize that, that your brother's struggling with a brain disorder and needs your help. Take the judgment out of it. And, and then finally, be that person that he could speak to. Because I guarantee you, he doesn't feel like he could talk to anybody about this. Nobody. Educate yourself where you can refer him. If you know a, a priest who's really good to talk, refer him to that priest. Find out who the Catholic therapists like Sam Guzman are in your area and refer him. These people need help and and we can provide it to them, but we have to know how. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And it takes it takes courage. It takes to be vulnerable and to be honest and to not stand above and pretend like, well, I've never struggled with this, but I feel so sorry for you. You know, like that's not the world we live in. Let's face it. And I, honestly, I'm going to lead the way on that. Like I've struggled with pornography in the past. Yeah, so I'm just going to say it right out there. Because I, I want to encourage 
a man who is struggling that it is possible to be free, you know, and I'm living free with pornography, praise be to God, you know, and, Amen. but, but that history is there and I'm not going to, you know, be on this podcast and, and kind of uh, present myself as like the squeaky clean image. And, you know, I've never, I've never struggled because I think it's important that we lead the way as Catholic men and with, with courage, be vulnerable and honest. And yes, it's going to be scary as heck sometimes to put it out there and just say, like, let's face it, brothers, like, yes, we're good. We're good striving to be good Catholic men. We're striving to be honest and, and before God and, and strive for holiness. But this is something that we struggle with or have struggled with. And, and again, remove, start eroding that stigma and that shame around it, because in the world we live in, with, with smartphones everywhere and kids growing up with this stuff. I grew up with the technology explosion. It really is everywhere. It really is. And people are getting exposed younger and younger. And that might not have been your fault. But I think that's important, Sam. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. But it's your, it's your responsibility to decide what you're going to do next. So what's, what you're going to do with that. Um, and so uh, the first step, yeah, just be courageously vulnerable and just put it out there. I guarantee you when you do, you know, I've heard from people, guys, that I haven't spoken to in 20 years who saw me on LinkedIn or a YouTube video or somehow found out the work I'm doing and they call me up and they're like, Jim, oh my God, I didn't even know anybody was helping with this kind of thing. I'm struggling or my son's struggling or my father's struggling. I mean, it's crazy um, to think in your circle of influence right now at this moment, somebody is struggling in silence. You can be that voice to give them hope, to turn on a light in that darkness where they feel trapped. Be brave. Amen. No, I love it. I'm I'm so grateful that we we're able to talk about this and 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 you know go into all of these different areas and, and segments. And Jim, yeah, we would love to have another conversation with you or be on your show. And I know you and I have talked about having one of those real conversations. I'm not um, hidden in my own past, and and it was many years because I did do. I mean, in my own struggles with pornography, um, I. Uh, I, I did the spiritual white knuckle approach for like four or five years. I experienced the shame cycle. I experienced the going to confession, you know, the next day and and oh, having having three weeks of success and then falling and and all of those different things. And um, and the manner that you just brought up is is so eye opening and in healing um, that I, I wish I had known that. You know, I didn't know in that isolation and that fear and that loneliness and that shame cycle that that I had fallen into for so many years uh, kept me from bringing to this to the front. And, and another thing that Sam was saying, I knew that pornography was wrong. I knew that masturbation was wrong. I knew the 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 sinful nature of it. And I had an image. People knew that I knew that and people knew that I was vocal against that. Yet I myself was struggling back right. in you know, high school and, and college days. And so it's, 
but goodness, if I had known these three steps and realized that I was lacking two of them, that would have been, that would have been life-changing in my, yep. in my healing journey. It would have been, it would have expedited the process so much. And so I'm just so grateful that we have that. And we had you on this show to talk through that. Uh, so Jim, just to kind of wrap it up, we're coming at an hour here. I want to hear from you about where men can learn more about Integrity Restored, where men can learn more about what you're doing and where you want them to, to go to find out that more because I'm going to put that in the show notes and, and awesome. make sure they have easy access awesome. to it. Awesome. Well, look, if you go to our website, integrityrestored.com, uh, you can sign up and get six free eBooks. That's a great way uh, to start educating yourself. We also have a program called the Integrity Circle Coaching Program. Uh, it's 26 sessions. Each one's 30 minutes. You get about 15 minutes of uh, teaching on a topic, uh, 15 minutes of Q&A, and then a quick assessment. And it's based upon the three pillars, guys. So the science, the spirituality, and the, the community and relationship. That program can give you so much knowledge and so much education in a really short amount of time to be able to be a resource to your brother's or for your own recovery. So I highly recommend that. Um, you can always reach out to us, jimo at integrityrestored.com. If you need help, a referral to a therapist or a spiritual director, I'll be happy to help you any way I can. Amen. Well, Jim, well, again, thank you so very much for what you're doing. Thanks for uh, answering the call um, that the spirit put in you to uh, to help uh, yeah, never in a million fight. years did I think I'd be doing this for a living. I but. bet not. I bet not. <laughs> from from jujitsu to uh, to spiritual combat. Thanks be to God Amen. and <laughs> and fighting this. So, anyways, again, just so grateful for your friendship and for you joining us. And we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Um, you know, thanks for staying tuned. And as we like to end each of our episodes, be a man, be a saint.